I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about trusting the Lord. Is it really that easy? See you there. Welcome, welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is April 26th, and I am glad that you have joined us today. I apologize for being technically kind of a few hours late. Uh, Yesterday was rather rough for me. I had about a 24-hour stomach bug, and I'm sure, as most of you have encountered that before, it is not something that allows you to do much of anything when you have said bug. So I'm just grateful that I am slowly but surely recovering from it, and back to my day-to-day life, which includes doing this podcast once a week. Today, I'm going to be talking about trusting the Lord, and is it really as easy as a lot of believers make it out to be? The verse that always comes to my mind, at least, um, and a lot of other believers, I'm sure, when they the subject is trusting the Lord, is Proverbs 3, 5 which is trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But what in the world does that mean to truly trust in him and not our own understanding? Um, I know from my own personal experience, I think I talked about this in one of the very first episodes about my oldest son's uh, health issues. He has autoimmune disorder um, that started when he was about six years old. And I think for me, That was one of the biggest trials um, when it came to trusting in the Lord, because there's so many times where things happen in your life where bad things happen to good people. And it's really hard to trust the Lord during those situations because you don't understand why is this happening. But the truth of the matter is we live in a fallen world and we are surrounded by sinners, including ourselves. And sometimes we make terrible choices and Typically, when we make terrible choices, it doesn't just affect us. It affects others. Then there are other times where, you know, like, for example, when my best friend died when I was 11 years old, he was 11 years old, and it was from heart failure. It wasn't from any fault of anyone else. Um, It simply was his time to go and be in heaven. Now, as an 11-year-old, that was really hard for me to understand and to really be able to trust this God. People kept telling me I needed to trust Add to the fact that my relationship with my earthly father was not good. It was really hard to have an understanding of a loving and caring father who didn't necessarily take things out on me or say things that weren't necessarily kind. Um, It took a really long time for me to have an understanding that my earthly father, just like me, is a sinner. And sometimes we make terrible choices when it comes to treating others the way that we ought to be treated and the way that we would like to be treated ourselves. And because of that, it skewed my perception of who God is for a really long time. Now, it's not something that I've totally um, overcome. There are definitely moments where I still question that, but I always go back to the fact that when you go and become a believer, You know, Yeshua says, if you believe in me and profess with your mouth that I am who I say I am, then you will be with me in heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? John 14, 6. And 
when you believe that, you're choosing to take a leap of faith. And in turn, because you've taken that leap of faith, you're choosing to trust that God is who he says he is. And I know what a struggle that can be sometimes. But there comes typically a turning point or something in every person's life where they have to make a decision. Do I trust God or do I simply trust in my own understanding? Now, I've done it both ways. And I can tell you uh, that it, it always is, is true. God is who he says he is. And I'm choosing to trust who he says he is. When my son, who was six years old, was having multiple seizures to the point where the doctors were telling me if he continued having seizures the way that he was, he would become a vegetable. I said, all right, Lord, I'm putting my son in your hands. If it is his time to go, I'm trusting you and I will praise you. If it is, if it is your will for him to no longer have seizures and continue to live, I will trust you and I will praise you. No matter what the outcome and how it affects my life, I'm choosing to trust you and believe that you are who you say you are throughout each and every page of the word of God. And as human beings, that's really hard. It really is. But I really want to touch base on this because I know for me, and I know it's true for many others, we have a tendency to be able to trust God in certain areas of our lives. But then there's other little corners we don't want God to mess with right? Um, so I'm in the next few podcasts, we'll be kind of going along, um, delving into this question. When it comes to every aspect of our lives, we're going to start with our health, then finances and free time. Those are my different ideas for trusting God. Um, health is a big one, um, especially in this uh, day and age when we're dealing with the whole COVID thing. But I think it even goes deeper to even what kind of choices we make on a daily basis in regards to our health. How are we eating? Are we choosing to allow things to enter into our bodies that we know are not healthy for us, but because our flesh wants it, we continue to eat or drink it? Or it could be something healthy, but we eat it to the point of excess where it becomes unhealthy. Um. For me, you know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know, I have some serious health struggles. Now, there are many people who have so much uh, more um, going on when it, in regards to their health than I do. Um, and I think even just having a tiny glimpse of what those people deal with is enough to have changed my heart towards people, um, especially when it comes to health related issues that are unseen. Um, it's pretty easy to tell that somebody is not healthy and that something's going on with them when they're carrying around an oxygen mask, um, an oxygen tank. They're in a wheelchair, they're in a walker. Um, there are so many different, you know, there might be a woman who doesn't have any hair and looks like she might've been going through chemotherapy or a man for that matter. These are all health issues, right? Some of them are out of our control, right? And so we have to trust God that he knows what he's doing. And I think that that it, um, can be really hard. Um, I know for me, I, I always joke around and say, you know, my body hates me, um, which really I'm kind of speaking death over myself. So I'm, I'm really trying hard not to say that anymore. Um, but sometimes it slips out. I'm not perfect because my body 
in a lot of ways seems to be rebelling against what I want it to do and what I want to be able to do. There are days um, where I can't do anything and I have to trust the Lord that he knows what he's doing because there are moments where I want to be able to go and play with my son, even just a board game. And that's too much for me than that day. And I have to say, I'm sorry, baby, I can't play with you today, maybe tomorrow. And as a mother, that can be very painful because you could see kind of the hurt in their eyes. Like there's understanding, but there's also like, she doesn't really want to play with me, which I try to be very clear about like, look, I love you and I want to play with you, but right now I just can't. Um, There are times where I just push through it and I play even if I feel like I can't do it. Um, But sometimes you do need to listen to your body and say, hey, I need to take a minute. But what does that all have to do with trusting the Lord? There are times when people get sick and they get healed and they are able to glorify God and all of the wonderful things that he's done in their lives, the miracles that have taken place. Um, You know, it seemed like a small miracle at the time, but to me, it's still pretty amazing. Um, Growing up, I grew up in a Pentecostal non-denominational church. We had revivals. Um, we had, you know, uh, I remember my sister specifically. So I knew like, you know, people like, oh, that's just a fluke that that wasn't something that actually happened. I remember specifically my, there was oil dripping out of people's hands. And one of those people was my sister and she wasn't faking it. You can't fake that when you're literally having a pool and a puddle of oil just dripping down your hands. And it was literal oil. Like you could touch it and feel it was oil. And I remember the Lord, he healed her. Everyone in my family, except for me, ironically, uh, had to wear glasses. And my sister was blind as a bat. In fact, I remember one point in first grade, I pretended to have bad eyesight because I wanted to be like everyone else in my family and have glasses. Obviously that didn't last very long, but, um, the Lord healed her. She no longer had to wear glasses. And to this day, she still does not need to wear glasses. And she's 30 something. And this happened when she was like 12. And that might seem minor to some people, but if you've ever had to wear glasses for any amount of time, I'm sure it's a huge deal. That to me was an amazing miracle, but it was also what some people considered small because there were many other miracles. Let me tell you growing up that I saw um, that were just amazing and awe-inspiring. But when you see those things growing up, I guess it might be easier to trust the Lord. That's why I have some qualms when it comes to Sunday schools, we didn't have those in our church because we were so small. We didn't have the capacity to actually have Sunday school. We had them on and off depending on how many people we actually had in our church. But for the most part, we were in the service. So we saw what the adults saw. We got to experience what the adults experienced. We weren't put off into another room where hopefully a Sunday school teacher knew what they were talking about and were teaching us biblical truths. Now, that's not to say that all Sunday schools are bad, but that's just my thought process on it. Trusting the Lord, right? It's easier to trust the Lord when you can see. A lot of us are a bunch of doubting Thomases. Unless we actually see the miracle happening in our lives and we can see the reasoning behind it, we have a really hard time trusting the Lord, right? So I'm trusting the Lord that he's going to heal my son. And if he doesn't, I'm trusting the Lord that he is still good. I cannot imagine to this day what would have happened if he had taken Zion at the time. 
when he was six years old. Now, I believe that I still would have trusted him and I would have praised him, but it would have been really hard. And to this day, it still is hard. Why? Because the Lord has chosen not to heal my son yet. I am a firm believer that he will heal my son. Whether in this life or in the next, he will heal my son. And I'm trusting the Lord that that is what is going to happen and that the Lord's will will be done in my son's life and that my son will be able to glorify God later on in life and say, look what the Lord has done in my life. And that is a big part of faith. But with faith comes being, if you can't trust someone, how can you have faith in them that they're going to do what they say that they're going to do, right? Like I talked about before, integrity. Then there are people like my son who are sick and they never get better, right? What do you do? Do you choose to trust the Lord that he still knows what he's doing? How do you know that the the times that we have had to go up to the hospital to hit, for him to have a infusion. How do you know that the way that Zion acted and I acted didn't touch someone in a way by showing them the love of Yeshua and him choosing to positively um, react to what was going on around him, to not complain and grumble about everything, to try to have a good and positive attitude no matter what was going on. That's a testimony right there. And I know that there are some people out there, and, and I think it's very convoluted, where they say, well, is there something that you have done in your past that caused you to be the way that you are, that caused you to have this health issue? Now, in some instances, it could be. For instance, when it comes to my allergies, a lot of my allergies have a connection with how I used to eat. For instance, orange dye. I ate way too much Kraft macaroni and cheese and grilled cheese sandwiches growing up. Like y'all are laughing, I'm sure, but it's not even a joke. I lived off this stuff. And it's funny because I grew up having home cooked meals, but on the side, I would make myself grilled cheese sandwiches and Kraft macaroni and cheese. And I could not get enough of this stuff. And there's orange dye, dye all up in that stuff. And now I'm allergic to it. Right? You have too much of one thing. It could be good. For a long time, I was allergic to apples. All of them, people. Why? Because I would eat a couple a day. I really liked apples. Now it's down to just gala apples, so I can eat other types of apples. But I think that there's a cause and effect there, right? In some areas, like with my health, there's a cause and effect, right? And I'm believing that someday the Lord will heal me and I'll be able to eat like a normal person. But even if that day comes... I'm going to choose not to eat things that are not healthy for me. And even if they are healthy for me to do so in a way that does not cause me harm. Now the Lord is not punishing my son for something that he did. No matter what my son says, there are moments where he definitely believes that the Lord is punishing him and it breaks my heart because I'm like, you're 19. What in the world have you done? I've watched you grow up. What in the world have you done that was so terrible that you have this, you know, this health issue that is supposedly not, not curable. And of course he has no answer for that. And the reality is this, you need to have faith and trust that God knows what he's doing. Even if there might not be a cure for whatever it is that you're dealing with, it could be a terminal illness. If you believe that Yeshua is who he says he is, you trust him and you have faith that he is going to walk you through every step of the way. And that he will heal you. And it may not be in this life. It may be when you get your new body and you're up in heaven with him. 
But hallelujah, what a great thing to look forward to. And with me, with my minimal health issues compared to somebody who's got a terminal illness, that is something I look forward to. So I can't imagine someone who might have a terminal illness have, have that kind of hope and joy, knowing that their Lord has prepared for this because our bodies are not our own, right? And I think that that's something that's so important. And throughout the Bible, you see these different people who are choosing to trust the Lord, right? Who are trusting Adonai that he will follow through. But I think it is interesting because you'll also find in the scriptures that Adonai meets us where we're at. And a really good example of that is Gideon. Gideon, you'll find in Judges uh, chapter 6 through 8. And Gideon evidently needs an angel to come down. An angel of Adonai to come down and tell him, look, this is what the Lord tells you uh, you need to do because the Midianites are taking over the country and you, you need to stop them. They need to stop, you know, persecuting my people. And this is what I want you to do. So even with that, Gideon still questions it and says, I need signs. He's the one with the whole fleece, right? You know, I'm putting a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I'll know that you'll deliver Israel by my hand as you have spoken. And it was so. And then he's like, Lord, Lord, please don't be angry at me, but I'd like you to strike what I just told you and reverse it. So he wanted him to it now be only dry on the fleece and everything and dew all over the ground. And God did it. So for Gideon, he needed signs and wonders for him to truly believe that God had called him to a place where he could, I want to say take over, but have victory over the Midianites, right? And then he's got, he's got all these different people, right? He's got all the, the Israelites and he whittles, the Lord whittles it down to 300 people that Gideon fights against these Midianites, now, it ended up that he was successful because Adonai was with him and because he did choose to trust in the Lord after some signs and follow through with what he had to say. There ended up being 120,000 fallen swordsmen. 120,000. There were 300 dudes. 300. And somehow they were able to defeat that. If you don't have faith that God is who he says he is after something like that, I don't know what is going to sway you. I really don't. You know, it even goes back and I think about this and I think about, you know, the, the, my husband's in the Marines and I think about the times that he has been deployed. And uh, the first three were absolutely the worst for me. Um, all three was, were in Afghanistan. This was when they were still looking for Osama bin Laden and I had to trust God and have faith that he would bring my husband back to me because there were months and months and months where I heard zip, zilch, nada from my husband. Um, as I mentioned in another podcast, not a writer. So I had basically, you know, uh, blackout moments where I didn't hear from him. And if I did, it was for about five minutes on a satellite phone and the sand and the wind was so loud. I could almost hear what my husband was saying. I knew he was alive, but I had no idea where he was. And of course, in this moment, this is when I also stopped uh, listening to the news because a lot of it had to do with Afghanistan at the time. And a lot of times there were bombings and military 
compounds being blown up and things of that nature. And I had no idea if that was my husband. I didn't know if there was somebody who's going to walk up my sidewalk into my home, knock on the door, say, ma'am, I'm sorry, your husband's dead. Had no idea. And so for me, I had to choose and learn to trust God that he would keep my husband safe. And if it was my husband's time to go, then at least he went out the way he would like to with guns blazing. And that was really hard for me. Um, it's still something that I would struggle with if he was deployed even now. Thank the Lord he is being, he's retiring and he will be out in a couple months. Um, 20 years um, where my husband dedicated his time and his life to protect our country. And I know how hard it was for him and I know how hard it was for me. But I think what made it a lot easier is us trusting in the Lord that whatever happened, happened. And that we could be proactive, obviously. He wasn't just going to lay down and die. But it's also the understanding that doing as much as you possibly can with what God has given you. And then trusting God for the rest. And I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, are you trusting the Lord? Are you trusting the Lord with your health? Are you trusting him with your mental health? Um, That might mean that you might need to have medication. I am thoroughly against taking drugs if I can help it. But there have been times where I've had to take medication. And there um, there have been instances where it was good for me and instances where it was bad for me. But I had to understand the balance and then also understand, like, where does God fit into this? How is my mental health doing? Does it have anything to do with where I am in my walk with the Lord? Am I actually delving into his word? Am I speaking to him every day? Am I praising and worshiping the creator of all things? I think we really need to go back to the basics. And one of those basics is trusting the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that means all of you, right? Not just parts of you. Now I'm going to leave you today as I do every single week. Um, I really just enjoy it. Um, and I think it's so powerful. It's the one of the earliest blessings in the Bible. It's called the ironic benediction. And it's such a beautiful thing. Our rabbi, he actually speaks this over the children before we do um, the Torah readings. And he also speaks it over the congregation before we uh, leave. And it's probably one of my very favorite parts of the entire service. And it's such a powerful thing to pray this over your own children. Um, And to pray it over each other. You know, we are to be set aside for a purpose, but we also need to encourage each other and pray for each other. And I think that this is a really important example of it. It's a very simple prayer, but it packs a punch. So you'll find this in number six, verses 24 to 26. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, amen. Thank you for stopping by, and I'll see you again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike. Amazon Mike, 
the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.